Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hey everyone, on the second episode of the podcast, I'm super excited to bring a very special guest. She is a true luxury expert, she's a dedicated and well-respected Polish hotelier, and also a good friend of mine, Marta Otremska. Marta and I have met a few years ago during an annual Trust Me, I'm a Hotelier event, which was held in Warsaw, Poland, and brought over 100 hoteliers from around the country. But her story goes back to year 2012. She was a part of an opening team for a prestigious Forbes five-star hotel, Mandarin Oriental Pudong in Shanghai, China. Marta managed the club lounge and butlers. She also trained service teams and received recognitions for guest services through her deep understanding of Forbes standards. Marta's portfolio includes private projects for Mandarin Oriental, as well as assistant trainer on luxury yachts. Marta is also the founder of iDelight, a hospitality advisory service for luxury hotels and properties around the world. In this episode, we'll talk about living in a very unique place where Marta currently is at, which is Nairobi, Kenya. We'll also define a luxury experience in the hospitality industry, what really makes it a personal experience when traveling around the world, and lastly, Martha's own company, iDelight, and also her future plans with it. So without a further ado, Martha, welcome to the podcast. Hi, welcome everyone. How are you? Doing great. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you being right here today. But before we dive into details about the luxury experience and your role in the hospitality industry, I want to briefly talk about a very interesting place that you're currently at. I'm sure not a lot of listeners have been to this place before. And a few months ago, you and your family moved to a place that I haven't visited yet. It's uh, definitely on my bucket list. It's Nairobi, Kenya in Africa. And where did that decision come from? Why did you decide to move to such a unique place? Um, all right, so basically I'm still new to the place. Uh, I've been there for the first time last year, December, just to, let's say, source it <laughs> to see whether we could live here. Uh, so we moved a month ago now, so I'm still a newbie here, so um, lots of things to explore. But definitely I'm going to stay a bit longer because I love it. So Matt, you have a place to stay. Welcome. Please do visit me. <laughs> Uh, where did this decision come from? It's a good question. Um, it's not the first time that we are living uh, abroad. Um, the first time we, we decided to live abroad was uh, China, and it was my husband's decision. Uh, I never planned to live uh, outside Poland, Europe, but then once you have the opportunity, the question is, why not? <laughs> So it was uh, like this with uh, China. Well, he he was really interested in the culture and the language and, of course, developing our careers there. Then we moved back to Poland after five years. Uh, we lived for a few years in Poland and the opportunity of living in Kenya raised. So we decided to take it and come to Kenya. I think that living abroad 
gives you lots of benefits. Uh, you do not only learn about other cultures, but you also learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you have to learn how to adapt, how to lower your expectations. Um, and I think that traveling on your own, which we did a lot when we were in Asia, also uh, actually made it easy for us to move to another country. You know, it's, it's, I would say it's just different, but, but somehow it's sort of all about adaptation. You know, you basically have everything here. You have big shopping malls, you have restaurants. It's basically like everywhere else, big city. Yeah, it's just about, I think, just going outside of your comfort zone and trying something new, going to different places. And once you actually do it, then you're perfectly fine just traveling and, you know, making a move somewhere else. So, yeah, I remember when I moved to the U.S. back in 2012, too. Yeah, you yeah you mentioned that, and you it's it's like once you start living somewhere else, you want to continue. You do. It's not that you are unhappy with your own country, but it's just you start loving. Yeah, you're curious, exactly, and you start loving uh, the adventures, like daily adventures. You start to enjoy simple things, different things, and you like the international environment as well. You do, yeah. There are so many benefits, so many perks when you move out and you, you learn so much about, like you said, not just about yourself, but you learn about others, you learn about cultures. So um, that that's another thing I know because, like I mentioned, I've never been to Kenya. I've, I've been to it only a few places in Africa. But Nairobi sounds such a, such a great place. It sounds like it. It is. It is. You know, I've learned recently that uh, Nairobi is like the only city in the world that is a national park. Oh, wow. Okay. That's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Like they do have uh, skyscrapers here, but they have so much green areas. It's just beautiful here. The, the air is fresh. You have blue skies. The temperature is nice. I mean, uh, you if you come, you're going to love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how is exactly Nairobi in terms of living there? I know you've been there only for a few weeks or months right now, if I'm not mistaken, but in terms of like monthly costs and safety cleanliness how is it comparing to other places that you've been to um as far as costs are concerned i think that the only expensive part is renting an apartment uh hard to give you any uh examples but i would compare it to any other big cities gotcha. even europe asia it's basically comparable just big cities similar prices all high However, as far as food is concerned, it's much cheaper, I would say. It's delicious. It's fresh. Uh, the another interesting thing is that they have banned GMO here. Wow. Okay. So there is no GMO food, which I love. And you also ask about cleanliness. Well, we have to remember that this is Africa and you have lots of dust. Uh-huh. But it's fine. I mean, anywhere else, there are cleaner and a bit dirty cities. It depends on the area, to be honest. But you ha- there's one thing that, that I just learned to live with is the, the, the red dust. Right. So you have to just accept it that it is there. And, but other than that, to me, it's all fine. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it sounds like a fun, fun place. So it is. What, is. what is there exactly to do in the, in, in the city or outside of the city, as a matter of fact? Um, the city on its own has lots of green uh, areas. It has Karura Forest, for instance, which is beautiful, and it has waterfalls in it. 
Then there is uh, there are two places that are my favorite places. One is the Giraffe Center. Probably you you yeah, heard I about saw the photos. Yeah, also, I saw the photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks so much fun. It's also famous for the Giraffe Manor, where you wake up and you feed the giraffes uh, while sipping coffee. Then there is another place that I haven't visited yet, and it's the Elephant Orphanage. It's like a proper, real elephant orphanage where elephants are wild. They are never used for benefits. So it's unlike Asia that explores elephants, like here in Kenya, they, they totally help them. They, uh, they care for them. And then they, for instance, they, uh, they find uh, orphans, right. elephant orphans, then they uh, treat them. They are growing up in the orphanage and then they release them into the wild. Awesome. It's a beautiful project, and now it's closed, I think, due to COVID. But once it's open, I'm so gonna go there. <laughs> sure, no, I'll be looking for your photos on on Instagram, social media. Yeah. I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and and I'm so much into elephants. Like they are such an amazing animals. It's like my top, top, top priority here to do once the COVID allows me, <laughs> and of it. course, take my son there. <laughs> of course, of course, absolutely. <laughs> So besides besides Nairobi, besides Kenya, let's uh, talk about you know the luxury hotel experience because you're a very experienced hotelier. You've you've had um, you know you travel a lot around the world. You worked in amazing places too. So I would like to define the luxury hotel experience because I know a lot of people might consider the luxury experience as you know as a, like a lavish hotel that costs five, six, seven hundred dollars a night. They offer you know huge rooms, golf courses, and high class restaurants, right? But then, from my own experience, I think that nowadays there are so many hotels around the world where they offer, of course, they can offer that, but any, any, any hotel can offer anything like that. So uh, even the hotel with you know, high prices or three-star Michelin restaurant can deliver that kind of experience. So it's more looking into that kind of wow uh, factor, I think so. Uh, this is what exactly it is about. It's more of a... You know, attention to detail and personal experience. That's what really drives, I think, that thought. Am, am I right? Am I going the right direction right here? Totally. I totally agree with you. And I love uh, that you just said that as far as uh, lavish restaurants, golf clubs and other stuff like, yes, that's true. Every, any hotel can have it. But um, the real luxury of a hotel is people. You can't have... Uh, people who will dedicate themselves like it's difficult to find them so going back to your question as far as luxury experience is concerned um i would relate to what jeff Vilgopolan from forbes travel guide said as far as luxury experience and luxury service is concerned they have definition they they defined it by it is the ability not to think this means that it is the ability that you do not have to worry. This means that your team can seamlessly think about requests of your guests and handle them from the very beginning to the very end. They can be ahead of any request. Uh, they can foresee what may happen. So they come with a solution already. Um, and also on top of that, that, you don't have to repeat yourself as a guest. Yeah. So you say something once and then everything is being uh, seamlessly handled. Um, it, is, uh, it is a proactive service, a dedicated, genuine, sincere, and thoughtful 
service. Like, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, let's say that uh, you will be checking out tomorrow morning. So you come in the evening uh, to the reception and you just mention it. Oh, I'll be checking out tomorrow very early. My flight is like 5 a.m. So normally what would happen in the reception, most would say, all right, thank you. Well noted. Do you want to settle your bill? And what is the luxury experience is that the reception would proactively offer you transportation. They would suggest the time you should leave. Uh, they would offer you a wake-up call. They would offer you a luggage pickup from your room proactively. And on top of them, on top of that, they would present the knowledge or awareness of your food preferences for a takeaway breakfast. So for instance, they would say that oh, your gluten-free uh, canapes will be ready to pick up uh, with your transportation waiting uh, in front of the hotel, right? So, you know, I keep I keep uh, talking about Forbes standards uh, in Poland and I find lots of people saying, yeah, but this is too high. We don't need this. This is too difficult. This is Poland um, or even in some other countries. But then when it comes to the Forbes standards, it's not about high level standards of, I don't know, people have different understanding. It's all about kindness and thoughtfulness. And how can you say that being kind and thoughtful is something not achievable or, or too high standard? Anybody can do it, honestly. Anybody. Exactly. Is it difficult to be kind? Is it difficult to genuinely care about the guests? Like you can do, you genuinely care about your parents, your sisters, uh, your best friends. This is exactly what you have to do with a guest. You just genuinely care about them. You ask, you ask additional questions. You are one step ahead. If they need a transportation, do they need assistance with a luggage? Maybe they need a wake-up call. If they, if they are going out, but you know that the weather forecast says that it will be raining, offer them an umbrella. Don't wait for them to come or come back wet. You would, you would, if, if, if your mom would be going for a walk and you knew, you knew it would be raining, you would definitely say, oh, mom, it will be ra raining. Please have the umbrella. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just an extra step. It's just an extra step in caring about others. That's pretty much what it is. Exactly. So to me, luxury is all about kindness and thoughtfulness. It's ensuring that your guest has a totally hustle-free stay, that you are out there for them genuinely, that you are not expecting any benefits from them. This is, you know, this is, uh, this is also another thing that um, the, the mistakes that we do is that we expect something back from the guest. Yeah. And once we don't receive it, we are a bit down, right? Oh, okay, I didn't get a tip or I didn't even hear a thank you. Well, there is a solution for that. Right. First, stop expecting. Do something straight out of your heart. If someone will thank you or tip you, wow, thank you, this is great. But if they don't, that's fine. At least you know that you are doing the right thing. Right. And we're not just talking about five-star hotels, you know, exactly. somewhere somewhere in, in, in China, Hong Kong, for example. Yeah. So we're not in those places. That can happen anywhere, pretty much any hotel. It doesn't have to be five-star. It can be two, three-star hotel. And especially, exactly. I think, when that wow factor hits you in the in the place where you, did, you don't really expect this is exactly where I think the, the whole magic happens, right? Exactly, totally. And, you know, I very much recommend people to uh, listen on YouTube to the Forbes lessons that were during the COVID times. Uh, they set up like 45 minutes, sh 
short um, presentations where they spoke about Forbes standards and luxury experience. It's it's not a rocket science, but I do recommend people to go back and Google them, uh, Google them, YouTube them, <laughs> and just to listen because they are right on spot. They give lots of examples on on exceeding guest expectations that we wouldn't even think about. I think it was. Uh, Miss Gina Taylor that she mentioned that she was in one of Japanese uh, hotels and she had some local currency and upon checkout the receptionist asked her like do you have any local currency you would like to exchange at the reception to avoid the airport hustle mm-hmm. wow yeah. you know that I wouldn't think about it even it's just a great source it's a great idea like this is true instead of, you know, in the airport looking for currency exchange. You know, you just do it in your hotel. Boom, you go. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. But with that as well, you also, of course, you, you just like you mentioned, you also need most of the time, of course, you need time, but then you also need extra people, right? It's all about teamwork. And I know you're really big on that when it comes to yes. that. Everything is about yes. teamwork. It is a teamwork. It is relations between people. It is respecting each other. It is listening to each other. In order to achieve luxury experience for the guests, you have to have a luxury experience for your team. If you don't give it to them, how do you want them to learn? They look at you as a leader, right? If they don't see luxury experience from you towards them, they're not inspired. There is only, you know, there's only much you can do. There is when you're just by yourself, right? I remember when I was working as a restaurant manager at the Ritz-Carlton, I decided to make a, a special like uh, arrangement for a guest that was coming to a restaurant because I found out that was her eight, that was the, one of the lady's 89th birthday. And of course, you know, I was, I was able to come up with an idea and wanted to do something, but without an effort and then teamwork, you know, from pastry, from chef, from other managers, I wouldn't be able to do so. So true. So true. We, we do need our people. We also need to encourage them and empower them. Uh, you know, so many hotels also say that, oh, empowerment, it will not work in our hotel because what if uh, our team makes a mistake? Well, they will not learn if they don't make the mistake. And another thing is like, what? how big could the mistake be? Will right. it ruin the whole image of the hotel? I don't think so. Yeah. On a daily basis, we sometimes have mishaps and we have to quickly recover, right? Yeah. So giving empowerment to your team, uh, let them grow, let them get the experience, let them practice. And then as, then just your job becomes just monitoring it if everything is fine. And it's also nice to see people grow, right? And this is something that I see that happens a lot in the luxury hotels, of course, around the world. But that should be really something that it should be really practiced in any kind of hotel. I mean, the more empowerment you give to other people, the more open they are, the more willingness that they have more willingness to actually to do something special for their guests. Absolutely. And when you start asking your team, just go back to them and ask, what would you like to do to make your workplace better? They, it turns out that they have so many ideas that we wouldn't even think about. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, a great person uh, that is my, like, um, how do you say this in English? Like, like my idol is, um, is a woman from uh, Mandarin Oriental, the room division uh, director corporate, Anya Lutia. Mm-hmm. She was the first woman that 
inspired me so much. Like, you know what? Like, when if, if you meet her, you would never say that she has such a high position. Uh, she just spreads uh, such the a... joy, the passion, the drive. Yep. Joy, passion. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you feel calm but with her. Uh, you don't feel stressed that you're, yeah. oh, you're speaking with such an important person. You don't feel stressed at all. And she's she's just bringing in this, this vibe of, you know, developing people. Love she's it. so much Love into it. developing. Uh, she introduced Beekeeper to Mandarin. It's an it's an uh, application where employees could exchange ideas uh, within it, within the properties. Yeah, that's cool. This is so great. So if something works in one property, they can share the idea. Um, they are they have um, opportunity to raise their their voice and concerns to make the hotel better. Uh, they can come up with ideas on how to become sustainable. Uh, I think it's once a month or once a week. I'm sorry, I don't remember. They have a live with their CEO. That's cool. And they yeah. can ask them any question. Yeah. They are into breaking this hierarchy. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're breaking it. So so it's easier for the for for line colleagues to speak out and come up with, with ideas that they have because they are just such an amazing uh, source of, of, of changes that making the place better. Yeah. I love the transparency, the openness. That this yeah. is exactly what it should be, honestly. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about your journey. Let's rewind back to 2012, uh, because you started your journey at Mandarin Oriental, and you know it's not a company that is very common in the U.S. Uh, here we have you know, the Four Seasons, the Ritz Carlton. Those are the, the the standard five-star hotels, I think, right here. But in Asia. It's more of when we're talking about the luxury or sometimes about what it's called a ultra luxury, right? Experience. We're talking about Mandarin Oriental. We're talking about Peninsula. We're talking about the Rosewood, which has been, you know, it's kind of recent hotel, right? But this is another great properties as well. How did you start your your um, journey back in 2012 with Mandarin Oriental? Um, so it's a funny story, actually. Um because before I did work in uh, in Poland, in Polish properties, three, four-star hotels, and I was studying in Krakow Hospitality. And I remember one day I went to a bookstore and I saw a, you call them like um, coffee books? No, like table, like, you know, big albums with photos. Right. And I saw the, the book about hotels, uh, all like the most luxurious hotels in the world. And I was like, oh, let's look at this. And then I opened the page and I saw the first hotel I saw was Mandarin Oriental Hong Kong. Oh, wow. And my first thought was, oh, I will never work there. Like, it's just so far. It's just, um, I, can, I will never reach it. And I keep watching, uh, looking at the, at the book. And I closed it, go back. And then a few years later, I'm in China. Yeah. And... I'm working with IHG and my husband comes back to work. And he says, Hey, you know, they're building Mandarin Oriental here. I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and um, then they, then they started the recruitment and I was like, yeah, we'll probably not get it, but let's try, but I have nothing to lose. Right. right exactly. So I had three steps of interview. Uh, and this is just the interview that will always stay in my head. I remember the first person that was interviewing me was uh, Ms. Virginia Ng. She was the human resources director. Right. She would 
sit in front of you, not even blink your eye, <laughs> seeing you through like an x-ray and asking you questions. And I was like, oh, that's going to be a tough one. This is my place. <laughs> this is where I'm going to work at. <laughs> yes. But then I received the message that I, I passed the interview. Okay, so great. The next level was um, Igor Uprise, the room division director. And he, he made the interview very calm and peaceful. And he made me feel comfortable, totally not stressed. I was like, okay, this is the kind of boss I really want to work for. Right. So it was also a nice uh, interview, quite interesting one with interesting questions. And the last one was with uh, Mr. Bartes, our general manager. Amazing, amazing person, great leader. And it also... Uh, what, what also caught, caught me was that he also made me comfortable at the interview. Okay. He said a joke. He made sure I'm comfortable. You know, and I was like, oh, my. So, wow, a general manager of such a massive property, such a luxurious one, is so friendly and kind. I'm like, wow, I want to work here. So yeah, I have to do good. everything to work. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I got the job. So, you know, it's like... You obviously can plan what you want to do with your career, but it's also about having your eyes open towards opportunities. Exactly, yeah. And I totally agree with the sentence that you work for a person, for a boss, and then you work for the company. And if, it all, if it's all compatible together, if it's all good together, then you're in the best place on earth. Sounds good. Wow, I've never heard that before, actually. But I will think that <laughs> this is a good one, oh, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you have to work for a, for a proper leader because this from, you learn from the leader. If you want to grow your career, choose the leader wisely because you want to be a good one, right? Exactly, yeah. You learn so, from others. You want to apply those uh, skills and you want to make sure yeah. that eventually once you're a good manager and, you know, director, then you can actually, you know, teach others how. how yeah, how and, and you know, it's it broke like this experience broke the old vision of being a a boss that is very you know strict and serious and you feel stressed when when meeting the person this experience broke my whole idea and pro most probably this is how it shaped me as a manager yeah respecting people making them feel comfortable if you don't make your people feel comfortable they will not work for you well because they will be stressed yeah exactly and with the whole experience so with the whole experience that you had over you know that many years in uh, in shanghai uh, you decided to open your own company if i'm not mistaken right i delight mm -hmm. Uh, it's a yeah. company from um, that it's created. It's a very niche company that I would say it's a, uh, it helps other to achieve a luxury approach in their business. And then we're talking about, you know, whether it's a small hotel on the outskirts of a city or maybe a big one in the city center, this is something that is not very common. I think so. Um, yeah. And when I went online, when I went, when I, when I went online and started looking at your page, I saw that your motto, so your motto says, I delight believes that the key to an outstanding luxury guest experience is rooted in the passion for delighting others, multi-level teamwork, unparalleled service, and consistency. And I think this is exactly what we talked about. Those are all the key com components of a luxury experience. Am I right? Yes. Uh, this means, you know, I came with it because uh, I think that the luxury experience does not exist if one of these are missed. If you don't have passion for delighting others, 
it won't work. You can have multi-level teamwork and parallel service and consistency, but if there is no passion for delighting others, it will not work. If you have passion for delighting others, unparalleled service and consistency, but no multi-level teamwork, it will not work. Yeah, and it goes with, with service and consistency. So uh, these are like four four pillars, let's call them, of um, of luxury experience that's, that you have to work in all four properly in order to achieve excellence. Um, you know, this this my this uh, this consultancy came out of uh, my passion to grow people. There is nothing that makes me more happy than seeing people growing. When they grow, they are happy. They are enjoying. And I never wanted to have a place, uh, a workplace, where I had to go because I had to. Yeah, I always way. wanted to go to a place to meet the team, to meet other people, and just seeing people smiling, the atmosphere. I mean, you spend at least nine hours at work or even more. India. You have to make it a happy place. Yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom could actually tell you how happy, how excited I was when I was going to work, <laughs> when I was working with the Ritz Carlton, how happy I was when I was going to work every single day. It was like a brand new day because I knew that I could do something extra. I could do something special for the guests, because I knew I had a good teamwork. I had, a, you know, people that was I was able to work with. And and that's that's what it is. You're, you're excited about it. That's what it is. Exactly. So um, so so it, it totally came out of my passion to to develop uh, others. Yes. And also uh, about, you know, empowering people and giving them ideas. Uh, there are so many people that want to do good to the guests. They want to delight them, pamper them, but they just don't know how to do it, yeah. how to approach the guest. So this is where I'm stepping in and I'm giving ideas. We do, uh, we do lots of role plays. Like the role plays are the, the, the base of, uh, of what I do with the hotels because I think that through practical um, exercises, this is when you learn. Uh, there is that we do have some uh, some powerpoints as well, but my main focus is to get the people into the reception, into the rooms, and practice and practice and practice until you master it. Um, I also wanted to um, to mention that um, I also cooperate with Magnum's Academy. Uh, yeah. This is actually I met them um, I met them at the Mandarin. It was amazing opportunity given by Mandarin. Uh, this is how I was trained as a butler. Yeah, can we can we talk about that as well about the butler experience because it's very common in the five star hotels. Uh, yeah, that's something where I was working. I remember when I was working at uh, Pelican Hill Resort in California, we would have butler uh, butlers actually for you know for villas, and those are the ones who are very personalized for your families. Those are the ones that can give you an extra assistance and you know, elevate that to pretty much the, the level, the five-star level that we're talking about. Exactly. And meeting Miss uh, Josephine Ive, that is the director and principal trainer, also changed my mindset. She also is a co-creator of my current mindset because butlers are so multitasking that, you know, together with with, with uh, Mandarin's um, motto saying that, you know, we never say no to the guest. It's the same with the butlers. You never say yeah. no, but you have to have the solutions. And I'm very proud of this experience and I'm very happy and thankful for this experience because uh, it also helped me in personal life. You stop seeing problems. You start seeing opportunities, solutions, 
you know, this is this is just growing you um, holistically. So this is also another another thing. Uh, and together with Mrs. Ive and her amazing academy, she also trained uh, quite a lot of Ritz Carlton's actually, um, especially in Asia. Uh, we also do the trainings um, in um, in south of France for the haute stewardesses. So it's also another experience for me to expand my knowledge, you know, yachting service. Absolutely. And what, so as of right now, what are your future plans with the company? Where are you seeing the company in a few um, years, let's just say? You know, I have a quite a different approach. It's very hard for me to foresee right now due to the pandemic. It actually right. uh, made it a little bit difficult due to traveling restrictions and some hotels closing. But, you know, I, I adapted um, one sentence from William Crutcher. He's the expert in customer service. He wrote a book, Managing Service Excellence, The Ultimate Guide to Building a and Maintaining Customer-Centric Organization. It's an amazing book. It's not a very big one, so I do recommend to read it. But he said one sentence in this book. If you focus on making money, you will do the wrong thing. If you focus on doing the right thing, you will make money. And this is the direction where I'm taking my company. Yeah, yeah, and this is the right direction, yeah. I think. So this is something everybody should follow in their lives, not just about work, but it's about their passion exactly. and things that they should be doing. Because the more the more you focus on those things, the more passionate you're about your hobbies or things that you really love, it's actually going to bring you money and joy and happiness instead of, working and putting that eight, nine, 10 hours a day and thinking, oh, okay, I got to make money. But well, if you keep doing that, it's not going to bring you any happiness. Totally. So this is the solution, right? Totally. So this is how I see the future of, uh, of my company. Yeah. I, I love that quote. I'm going to make sure I'm going to put the quote and the book as well in the, in the description notes so everyone can actually follow up. All right, Marta. I feel like we could talk and talk about it. Uh, especially both of us that we love hospitality. I, I hope people can actually hear it. Uh, we're very, very excited. Love the experience, love the five-star uh, experience. And there's the luxury experience, right? That can happen at any kind of hotel anywhere in the world. So uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. A true pleasure. I hope we're going to be able to connect soon. I hope I'm going to be able to see your photos about, you know, with the elephants as well on Instagram. I know that's going to happen very soon. I think we're going to both go there. So plan the trip to Nairobi. <laughs> Next time I'm there, I'm definitely going to let you know. You're going to be number one person. That's for sure. So last thing, how can people find you online if they want to connect with you, if they want to find your company? Uh, how good they can find you? You can find me through either Facebook, uh, Idolite, or website www.idolite.com.pl uh, or even on LinkedIn through Marta Otremska. Just feel free to... Uh, You're not going to bite. You're not going <laughs> to bite. bite. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast. True pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me and I'm looking forward to your next photos on Instagram. Matt, I love what you do. I love your photography. So I'm waiting for your next post. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be happening soon. More travel <laughs> hopefully in this year. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So thank you so much for being here today. Make sure you subscribe. Please let your friends, your family know. 
if you want to see the show notes from the podcast and Martha's tips and advice on visiting Nairobi, Kenya, make sure you head out to my Patreon. I'll put the link in the description below. For those who aren't aware of Patreon, it is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on one-on-one basis. It's a place where you can support my work, get exclusive content, where I'll be sharing posts, links, files, and so much more. So thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.